Well, good morning, church. How's everybody feeling today? You guys excited to be in God's house? Amen, amen. Well, before we get into the message today, what I want to do is just take some time to welcome all of our first-time guests. I want you to know it doesn't matter where you've been in this life. It doesn't matter the things that you've done, the things that you've had to walk through. We believe that God has brought you here for a reason. And I want you to know at this church, you belong, you matter, and there's a place for you. Um, also, I want to take some time just to welcome all of our, uh, all the people who are watching online right now. We've got people watching from all over the world, not just here in America, but all over the world. So can we take some time to welcome all of our first-time guests and all those that are watching online? Sorry, it's cutting out again. So, All right. Well, also, here's the thing. You guys are like my family, you know, so... As a family, whenever something big takes place, I have to let you know. You're not the first to know, but you're one of the first to always know. As you saw today when we had our daughter dedicated to the Lord, she was born last Sunday. It was beautiful. This is Carrie Joy Davis. Um, She was born last Sunday at 848 in the morning. And she was on time for first service, okay? So we watched first service in the hospital. She heard Pastor Marcelo's message, and she got saved last Sunday. So this is our third daughter, our third. So please keep me in your prayers. One day I'll have a girl dog as well, so there's going to be a lot of estrogen in my house, a lot of drama. But, it, it, but, but for real, though, I just want to say thank you to everybody. Thank you for your prayers. Uh, thank you for your encouragements along the way. My wife is a beast. I don't know if she's still here, but can we get up for my wife and ladies? Man, because of Eve, they have to go through a lot of, of torment to have that child, but um, it, she, she's, she's incredible. Well, you guys want to bow your heads. Let's pray into God's word today. Lord Jesus, I thank you for every single person who is here today. God, everyone who is at home watching online, Lord, I pray, Lord Jesus, that your word will penetrate our hearts, Lord. I pray, God, that you will remove me out of the way, God, that there will be no distractions in Jesus' name, God, and that your truth will be spoken today. We worship you, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, right now we are in a message series that is called Good News. How many of y'all need some good news in your life? Because what I can tell you is no matter where you look, if you go to a doctor, if you, wherever you go, there is a lot of bad news. But here's what I can tell you. As a follower of Jesus Christ, you have so much good news. You have so many benefits as a follower of Jesus Christ. We've been talking about that in this series. So if you've missed any, I would encourage you to go back. And we can't cover them all, but in the first week, we talked about peace you have access to peace because the only true peace that you will have in this life is peace that is gonna come through Jesus. Week number two, Pastor Glenn talked about eternal life. How many of y'all are grateful for that? This is not all. There is something that lies ahead for you. Eternity with Jesus Christ. Pastor Glenn talked about his glorified body. He is excited for that and I am right there with him last week, Pastor Marcelo did an incredible job. He talked about access to God's throne. You have access to God's throne. You are heirs to the throne. You are a son. You are a daughter. We do not need to be timid when we call upon the name of God. We can go to his throne room with boldness. There is no mediator. The, t- the veil has been torn. But this is, the, this is the main passage that we have been looking at. This is Romans 5. 
It says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We've also obtained access through him by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. You and I, as Christians, we get to take part in this kingdom. This is not it, and that is our hope. As Christians, we can have hope. You look around in this world, people are hopeless. People are doing anything that they possibly can do to fill a void in their life, to, to numb the pain of life, and this world is looking for an answer. I want you to know, we have the answer. But they're looking for something. This world is hopeless. Here's some stats from the CDC. They released some data that suggests that one in four young adults between the ages of 20, 18 to 24, so 25%, have considered suicide. According to Harvard, 51% of young Americans said that at least several t- days in the previous two weeks, they have felt down, they have felt depressed, and that they have felt hopeless. 44% of teens feel persistent feelings of sadness and hopelessness. And 53% of all Americans feel hopeless and feel controlled by fear and worry. This is a real issue in our world. This is a real issue. You and I, we come into contact with people every single day that see no hope in this life at all. They look forward to Friday because they're gonna get two days off. Listen, that is not the life God has called us to live. Every single day in this life is a gift from God. But if we're being honest in this room today, if we're being honest with ourselves, with people who are watching online, there are people here who do not feel any hope at all. So so what does hopelessness look like? When someone doesn't have any hope at all, This is one of the darkest places that you can be. Because no matter where you look, all you see is the negative in everything. This is just how it's going to be. I'm judging everyone around me. Everything is not gonna turn out the way I want it to be. I'm living in mundane. I'm living in anger. I'm living in fear. I'm living in shame. I'm living in regret. In this life, we have an opportunity. What lens are we going to look through in our life? Because here's the thing. You can put on that lens of hopelessness, and what you're going to see is defeat. What you're going to see in that lens is anger, is the same old, same old. Nothing can get better. This is just how it's always going to be. Or you can look through the lens of hope. You can look through the lens of hope knowing, I don't know what's going on in my life, but I believe that I have a God who has my back. He's there by my side. He's going to lead me. He's going to turn this bad situation. Why am I even here? He's going to turn it into something good. This is an opportunity in our life. You know, in my life, I've looked through both of these lenses. When I was 19, about 19 years old, I had someone very close to me pass away. And for years, I felt hopeless. I felt hopeless. I felt so much pain 
in my life, I couldn't even mourn. I couldn't even sleep. I was just absolutely miserable. I was depressed. I, I thought about suicide. There were times that when I would lay in bed at night, I'm like, why am I even here? This has been years and I can't get past this pain and this hurt in my life. This is just always what it's going to be. I was believing the lies of the enemy. This is how it's always gonna be. You're in this pit and you cannot get out of this pit. This is how it is always going to be. That's where I lived for many years. You know, guys, there's, let's just pretend those are some doves, okay? It's the Holy Spirit, he's with us here today. But my question to you is this, is what lie are you believing in your life? You know, I'm just never gonna be good enough. I won't be pretty enough. I'll never be able to make enough. I've gone too far. There is no hope for me. I am worthless. This is where I'll always be in my life. I want you to understand this. As a child of God, you were bought with a price. You were bought with a price. And when we put our faith in him, you have access to so many things. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all the fruits of the spirit, but you have access to hope. Access to hope. Hope is this. Hope is a confidence that something will come to pass because God has promised it will come to pass. I have confidence in God. I have confidence in the scripture. I have confidence in the Bible that because God said this, it is going to take place. Romans 15, 13, it says, may the God of hope fill you with all the joy and peace and believing. We serve the God of hope. This is the essence of God. He is hope. So that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you, not just Pastor Glenn, Pastor Tim, Pastor Alex, that you may abound in hope. That's not just a little bit of hope. You know, it's, it's, sometimes things are gonna turn out. No, I can overflow in hope. I can pass hope to my family. I can pass hope to my neighbors, to my coworkers. Abound is a huge number. But we're humans. We have a very, very real flesh. We have flesh. And in our life, our flesh and our spirit is at battle constantly. Because the truth is, my flesh, my tendency is fear. My tendency is worry. My tendency is sin. My tendency is hopelessness. But us, as Christians, we do not need to operate in our flesh. The Holy Spirit inside of us, he gives us peace. He gives us hope. And he gives us power to overcome our flesh. So many of us, we know Paul from the Bible. This was a guy who was notorious for killing Christians, persecuting Christians, and God, Jesus, changed his life. The Holy Spirit had an interaction with him and it changed everything. Now here's the thing, when Paul started living for God, his life wasn't just all better. It was like, you know what, everything's perfect now. I'm walking on clouds, everything is fantastic. Paul went through some stuff. Paul went through some crazy, crazy things. In the Bible he says he was flogged, he was stoned, not the kind you're thinking of. He, the stone when people would pick up rocks and throw them at you. 
He was whipped with rods three different times. He was shipwrecked, the Bible says, thrice. So three times shipwrecked. If I was Paul, after the first time I was shipwrecked, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna call Sito. This is just an accident. I'm gonna, I'm, he's gonna pull me in. It's gonna be good. After the second time, I'd be like, you know what? I'm, I'm turning to my boating license because I am done. I'm never getting on a boat again. He was shipwrecked three separate times. He was bitten by a snake. He was thrown into prison many times. And Paul writes this from prison in 2 Timothy 2. It says, and because I preach this good news, I am suffering and I have been chained like a criminal. How many of you guys ever feel like you're chained in this life sometimes? When we go through these different things, I am chained like a criminal, but the word of God cannot be chained. The word of God, no matter what your circumstance is, no matter what you're going through in your life, God's word cannot be chained. God's word is alive, it is moving, and it is penetrating hearts. So I'm willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. This is a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure hardships, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. Paul later writes in Galatians, he says, consider it pure joy when you face trials. How, how in the world can I consider these trials and this pain and this hurt in my life? How can I count this joy? Because in the process, my faith is building. I have an opportunity to rely on God even more. That even if you feel all alone, I want you to know this, God is right by your side. We don't serve a God who's far away. We serve a God who's relational, who loves you, who's chasing after you. He's right by your side. And what I've seen in my life, it's better for me to go through a storm with God than to be on an island all alone with no God. Here's the truth in this life. You're either going into a storm, you're coming out of the storm, or you're about to go into one. So we better get comfortable because we're going to go through storms in our life but we have a hope that we can cling to. So why is hope so important? It says, hope keeps you secure through life's storms. So many times in our life, hope is this final thing of like, God, I guess I'll pray to you. I've done everything else I can do. I, I called my mom, I called my dad, I, I gossiped to everybody else about the things that I'm going through, and, and now I'm gonna call upon your name. Hope and prayer and putting our trust in God, this is not our final line of defense. This is our first thing that we do. It's not a last resort, it's our first defense. Hebrews 6, 17 says, because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised. He confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. If God has said it, you can be sure that it will come to pass. You can be sure that it is done. In this trust in God, this becomes an anchor to our soul. Anchors, they're designed to hold you steady. 
that even when currents flow and, and storms flow through, you will be secure, that you will be held to a foundation. This is the opportunity that we have with God. I call this in spite of hope. In spite of what I see, in spite of what my situation looks like, no matter what I'm going through, in spite of everything, I know that God is with me. This is an anchor to my soul because he cannot lie. So regardless of the situation in your life, find out what God says about it. Find the truth in the Bible and let that be the truth that you believe. You know, this doesn't mean that your situation is going to change. That doesn't mean that everything is going to be perfect. But what it means is that, in, what, yeah, these birds, man, it's okay. But what this actually means is that in spite of this situation, they may not change. My hope will be secure. My hope will be continued to be there. And if that God has said it, you can be certain that he will do it. So I remember I remember I was uh, probably four or five years ago, I went on like a deep sea fishing trip. Has anyone ever gone on like a deep sea fishing trip? So it wasn't a boat like this, okay? This looks like this has been around since World War II, okay? But I went on this really, my, my, my father-in-law was like, hey, we're gonna go on this boat. It's like a 100-foot boat. It's a yellow fin. Like this is a very, very nice boat. It is a strong boat. But the moment we left the dock, those waves came crashing, and that boat was throwing us around. We were not secure at all. Everybody's having fun when we get about 40, 45 miles away, and I'm sitting on a beanbag throwing up. Okay, everyone's pulling up fish. I'm upset. I'm sick, and I'm like, I would give anything to be anchored to somewhere safe. I would, be, I would give anything to be back at that dock where I'm not moving around, where I'm not throwing up on this beanbag and embarrassing myself. But that's how a lot of us are in this life. We would give anything to have a hope that we can cling to. And a lot of us, we hold on to this anchor of hope that is an ins that's not a true form of hope. We put our hope in people. We put our hope in our parents, our in-laws, Pastor Glenn, I want you to know, if you're looking for people for hope to not ever let you down, you will be let down over and over and over again. Some of us, we put our hope in our jobs. Your job is going to let you down. We put our hope in our education. It's gonna be okay, I'm, I'm educated. I've got, a, I've got a master's degree, I've got a doctorate. Everything is gonna be okay. Your education will let you down. Over and over again, you will be let down in your life, but the one thing that you can be secure of, the one thing that will not leave you, the one thing that will keep you grounded is the hope in Jesus Christ. That despite my situation, despite the things that I'm going through, I have a firm hope in God. He is going to see me through. He cannot lie. He is right by my side. I was talking earlier how when someone close to me passed away, how much depression and suicidal thoughts, all these different things that I was dealing with for, for years, I tried to hold on to any form of hope that I possibly could. Relationships, friendships, substances, alcohol, anything just to numb the pain just for a moment. But that became my life. 
I wasn't holding on to the things that I grew up in. I was holding on to things to say, man, I, I, I will try anything if it will help me. What I realized really, really quickly is those things left me more broken, a lot more regret, a lot more shame, a lot more pain. I got to the point of, God, I cannot do it. I need you. God changed everything. It wasn't overnight. It wasn't just like a light switch and, and everything's okay. No, no, no. But when I b- began to pursue a relationship with God, my hopelessness turned to hope. My anger began to leave. The shame that I felt in my life began to go away. My life changed completely. Next point in your notes is we have a hope to cling to. Your entire walk as a believer is based on hope. A hope that goes far beyond just this life and goes into eternity. Everything you do as a Christian flows from this. Why do you pray? Hope. Why do we witness? Hope. Why do we endure hardships and, and trials and, and persecution? Hope. Why do, why do so many of us who've gone before us, people who, who served, who, who gave sacrificially, who even lost their lives for the sake of the gospel, why do they do this? Hope. If you remove the element of hope, you will discover that your joy, your enthusiasm, your peace, your focus, your motivation, everything attached to your walk with God will be removed with it. That is why we cannot lose hope. In our life here on earth, we have a real enemy out against us. The Bible says he's prowling around like a lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's come to kill, he's come to steal, he's come to destroy. So what we need to do is we need to be ready. Because one of the ways he's going to attack us is he is going to attack our hope. Think of all the words that are the opposite of hope. Fear, despair, doubt, uncertainty. None of these words inspire. And none of these words bring peace or joy in the hope that God brings. That is why we must fight for it at all costs. But I want you to understand you're not doing this alone. You have help from God. Know today that God is the God of hope. Jesus is the hope of glory and the Holy Spirit is the one who births hope inside of you. So maybe you're in here today and you feel no hope at all. You look at your situation in your life and and you don't understand the things that are taking place and maybe you feel angry. Maybe you feel upset, you feel despair. I want you to understand this. With Christ, there is always hope. No matter what the situation is in your life, no matter the things that you're walking through, the things that you've gone through in your life, you are never too far gone. With God, with Jesus, there is always hope. Every single person in this room, we all have different giants. We all been dealt a different deck of hands. We, we've all have different things that we are going through in our life. And some of us today are facing this giant and it's looking us in the eyes. When I think of giants, I think of Goliath. You know, it's probably a story most of us have heard since we were children. Maybe our children are learning about it today. With David and Goliath, there was no hope at all for David to win. Zero hope 
at all. He wasn't even supposed to be on the battlefield. He wasn't even supposed to be there. That's how much there was no hope for him. His father said, hey, I need you to go bring, bring your brothers some food. They're in the army. Give me a report. How are they doing? How's everything going? And David goes out there, gives his brothers his food. He's like, hey, what's going on? And, and then Goliath comes out. He's talking badly about the Israelites. He's talking badly about God. He's like, are you just going to let this Philistine just begin to talk like this about our God? Absolutely not. I'm going to do something about it. I've killed some bears. I've killed some lions. I'm going to be okay. So David, he goes and he talks to King Saul. And King Saul's like, David, absolutely not. There is no way I'm going to let you go out there and just get killed. At least just put on this armor. And it swallows him. It's just way too big. He can't even pick up the sword. No, I'm just going to go. God has called me to do this. I'm not worried about who I'm facing because I know who is with me. He goes back to the battlefield. Him and Goliath are talking. And this is what David says. David said, you come against me with sword and the spear and javelin. But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. The God of the armies of Israel whom you have defiled. He took a look at him, threw his rock, hit him between the eyes. Goliath fell forward. David cut off his head. He was conquered. David, he wasn't, he wasn't focused on his ability. His hope was not in his own ability or his own strength or the things that he's gone through. His hope was in Jesus. His hope was in Christ. Your giant may be in front of you today. The thing that you see in your life that you say there's no hope at all. I'm here to remind you, remember who is behind you. Remember who is empowering you. You may feel no hope. We serve the God of hope. And hope is an anchor to your soul. In this hope, we get to bear this hope wherever we go. This hope isn't just for you and for me. It can, we have it abundantly, right? So we can bring this hope with us wherever we go, into our families, into our workplaces, into our neighbors, into our neighborhoods. Listen, Easter is next week. It is Hope Sunday. People will hear hope. This is what it's all about. Most people, they won't come to church on a regular Sunday, but they will come on Easter. Even if they don't, just bring them here. Just drag them in. Because I promise you this, when they hear the truth of God, everything changes in people's lives. People in the church, we have believed the lies of the enemy for far too long. Believing the lies of you'll never be good enough. There's no hope for you. Nobody loves you. You're all alone. You, you can't be forgiven. You're too far gone. Your situation is impossible. It's time for us to start believing the promises of God. And not just believing, not just hearing these things, but standing on these promises of God in our life. Not just hearing them, but believing them in our heart. Here are some of God's promises that I want to speak over you today. With God, all things are possible. No matter your situation, the things that you're going through, nothing is impossible with God. You are not alone. I am with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He promises to strengthen you. He promises to give you rest, to take care of your needs, to protect you. He says, nothing can separate you from the love of God. 
no matter what you've done, nothing can separate you. He promises to be near the brokenhearted and that he will save those who are crushed in spirit. You are not alone. There's hope. And hope has a name. And his name is Jesus. Here on Palm Sunday, 2023, your king is here. Full of hope, full of grace, full of love, a love so outreaching. You may feel like, man, you don't know how great my sins are. Our God's love is far greater than your sins. He can change everything. In a moment from God, everything can change in your life. Would you bow your heads and pray with me today? Maybe you're in here today and you feel hopeless. Maybe you've never put your hope and your trust in God. I want you to know that today is a new day for you. That you have an opportunity here today to accept this gift of grace, this gift of love, to accept salvation. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. If you're here today and say, you know what, I want to put my hope in God. I want to have salvation. What I'm going to ask you to do on the count of three is just to raise your hands. One, two, three. Amen. Amen. I want to encourage you today. You can put your hands down. God doesn't, Jesus doesn't just want your hand. He wants your heart. He'll give you a new heart. So if you raise your hands, what I'm going to ask you to do is just have a conversation with God. Say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. My life is yours. I'm turning away from the person I used to be and I'm changing the goal in my life. I'm declaring today that you are my God and my Savior. So if you want to say a prayer at your seat, I'm going to pray for you right now. Lord Jesus, I pray for those who are receiving you as their Lord and Savior right now, God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will give them the strength to turn, to turn away from the person that they were, God, that you will forgive them, that you will show mercy on them in their life, God, and that you will create in them a new heart, a heart ready to receive you, a heart ready to do your will in the works of God. Today, God, we declare that you are our God, our Savior, and our best friend. In your name I pray, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, Pastor Andrew. Appreciate Pastor Andrew. It's really used by God. Would you stand with me to receive your blessing right now? And as the altar prayer team comes forward, I want to invite you that if you raised your hand, you said that prayer to the Lord, and you just really want Him in your life in a new and powerful way, I want to encourage you to come see one of these altar prayer team members. And we have a book we want to give you called A Fresh Start with God, and really be a blessing to you on this journey with Jesus. But to receive your blessing right now, if you would just open your hearts to him. And if you'd like, you can take your hands and turn your palms upward in an attitude of receiving. May the Lord bless you this day with confidence in his hope that will never be denied. May the Lord bless you this day with the anchor that is Jesus to bring you through any storm. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you 
and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. We love you, church, and we'll see you this Good Friday.